Episode 32, The Con. My email just included a warning about a jury con that is now going around. It reads in part like this. Most of us take the summons for jury duty seriously, but enough people skip out on their civic duty that a new and ominous kind of scam has surfaced. Fall for it, and your identity could be stolen, reports CBS. In this con, someone calls pretending to be a court official who threateningly says a warrant has been issued for your arrest because you didn't show up for jury duty. The caller claims to be a jury coordinator. If you protest that you never received a summons for jury duty, the scammer asks you for your social security number and date of birth so he or she can verify the information and cancel the arrest warrant. Sometimes they even ask for a credit card number. Give out any of this information and bingo. Your identity has just been stolen. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. There is something about a con that has always fascinated me. Remember that movie in the 60s, The Flim Flam Man? It starred George C. Scott as Mordecai Jones and Sue Lyon as Bonnie Lee Packard. Mordecai is a con man. He can cheat anybody. What I recall about the movie is his basic philosophy that you can't cheat an honest man. He always thought that the way you take advantage of someone is if they think they are getting a good deal, like they think they are beating the system also. That opens them up. Today, those of us with a computer and internet service have probably all experienced the letters from Nigeria or someplace else in Africa. They all promise us big riches if we'll just send them a little bit of money to help them out of an urgent jam. They offer us a fortune for just a little investment and risk. Most of us delete these requests, but not everyone. I've heard of people who have lost all of their savings, their house, and the savings of their own mother, brothers, or children. Amazing. They think they're getting a good deal, only to wake up one day just a bit short of money, and perhaps family and friends. One of my favorite, and I use the word loosely, favorite cons happened to a co-worker of mine in Alaska. This guy, I'll call him Merrill, taught business courses in a high school. One day in the spring of the year, he came to work and told me that this would be his last week teaching. He was quitting at the end of the week. We were all surprised, to say the least. Here's what he told me. He had entered into a partnership to buy a ship. I mean a big ship. These guys, his partners, had contacts with the United Nations and an ambassador that assured him of a contract with the UN to haul food and supplies to Africa. It would make each of them millionaires quick. He had been in contact with these guys who had this special deal going. The owner of the ship was short on cash. He needed money, and he needed it now. He was offering this ship that was worth $3.5 million 
for sale for the low, low price of $2.5 million. The contract would go with the ship. Merrill had somehow come to know these guys in Washington, D.C. that had political contacts to make this happen. But time was of an essence. They needed the money fast. Merrill had sold his house at a loss to raise cash. He sold his apartment building at a loss to raise cash. He was drawing out his Alaska retirement funds to raise cash. He was on his way to D.C. that weekend with a suitcase full of money. Hundreds of thousands. Unbelievable, but true. Merrill had taught for over 20 years in Alaska. He could have retired. Started drawing retirement. He was in his mid-40s. We just shook our head and asked him if he was sure about all of this. He just put on the smile of victory and flew out of the north. It wasn't long till I heard the news or the rest of the story. Merrill had arrived in D.C. and stopped by the office on Saturday morning. The demand for money had been pushed up. The seller was desperate. If they could get the money that day to the seller, he would cut another half million dollars off the selling price. Merrill delivered the cash to his new business partners. The following Monday, they would meet at the office and go over all the details and their future. The office never opened on Monday. It was barren. Merrill never saw the guys again. He never saw the money again. I chanced to run into him a few years past that horrendous experience. He was walking down the street like he owned the world. I avoided the subject of the con. I asked him what he was doing and he told me he was teaching classes. And this is true. He was teaching classes on how to succeed in business. This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry.